Hi, I'm JT from Hawthorne Heights, and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 175 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. I'm a little butthurt. I'm not at C2E2 right now. And even Dom, I'm living vicariously through you guys. Happy Pokemon Day, everybody. It is February 27th, 2020, as we bring you episode 175. One year ago today, we got the Pokemon Direct that announced Sword and Shield. And what a crazy year it has been. Now, you're listening to this on February 28th or after, uh, so you've missed Pokemon Day. But if you follow us on any social media platform, it's been all over there all day from news to new Pokemon announced, all this cool stuff. And we'll have it all recapped for you today. But in the meantime, you can send us an email at uh, we podcast and we know things at gmail.com. Ask us any nerdy questions. You can also please rate and review the podcast on wherever you listen to your uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you to the uh, latest five star rating we just got, our thirty eighth. We really appreciate that very very much. Slow and steady, baby. Yeah, I, I, we're just we're just going slowly. We're chugging along. But you know, we're almost four years in here, so would appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. Uh, even the guy who left us the one. We appreciate you too. You can go to patreon.com slash squad to join the WePod Squad. Even at $1 a month, you'll get a bonus monthly episode from us that's coming. That's coming soon. We're going to start that. We just have to really sit down and like figure out how we want to do it and what it'll look like. But we're going to bring them to you soon. Um, and again, remember, you get early access to our interviews. So if you're a patron and we got plenty of them lined up that I'm about to talk about in a minute, you get early access. And we'll kick it off with just a little bit of hype. A little bit of recap of the interview we just did. It is Pokemon Day, after all. Let's talk about the man behind the Pokemon theme song from the original anime. That's right. I want to be the very best, like Jason Page was. Yeah, Jason Page, Sam, how much fun was that? It, it was a blast. And, and just hearing the, the stories from, like you said, like Ren earlier to uh, Michael J- I, I couldn't imagine rapping next to Michael Jackson. I mean, Pokemon, to me, seems like it, almost like a low point yeah. in his career. Um, that's what, what he's best known for. Blasphemy, blasphemy. Yeah, I mean, uh, this guy did a little bit of everything from Pepto Bismol, Mountain Dew, Subway, Lego Mania to you know all these jingles that we're so, so familiar with from the mid two thousands, even into today. That we're like, oh my god, you can now put a face to that voice, um, or at least an identity to that voice. And also the Pokemon theme song was it's just it's just a cool story to hear all those things. And it's good, like people now, like you said, they see his face, he's getting the recognition he deserved for all these freaking years where yeah. he got probably no credit at all. Yeah, I mean I don't even remember if he's in the anime credits. I have to go look. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Either. I'd have to go back and And I it's only the first eighty? Yeah, it's the first season of the anime yeah. that goes through the Pokemon League where Ash loses to the other dude Richie with a Pikachu who calls him Zippy or Zippo. I can't remember. Um I think Zippo, because I always used to make Richie. fun of the lighter. Uh, and then, yeah, once Ash goes to the Orange Islands, it's no longer Jason Page. Jason Page also did Viridian City, which is another banger off of that uh, soundtrack, To Be a Master. came out in 99. It's on Spotify, which is very weird that if you go through my Spotify history, I listened to there the entire <laughs> record two weeks ago. I'll tell you, there's about three good songs. And I'll tell you right now, Pokemon and I was like, he's on two of them. <laughs> Viridian City. What's the third? And you know it. Dude, I don't even. You're going to punch yourself. Right uh, in the fucking throat. Wait, Punk Hoot? 
The Poker Rat? Yes. Okay, okay, Poker Rat. Yeah. Okay. That's, and I was thinking, that's the only other song I know. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they have that on the end of the To Be a Master, the full one. It's a lot of fun. I haven't listened. To, I might have to go back and listen. I, and I, I bet you you still friend. remember no, no some way. of it. You'd still remember some. I barely remembered the intro. It's been so many years. It's just like I pick up the words. Of course, the opening intro. It's like okay, that's iconic. And then like I mutter a couple words together. Polyragnator, Reno Gold Duck, Ivy Sword, Grimer, Victory Road, Moltres, Nitto King, I, I would have to listen to Abra, Weeping Bell, uh, something, something, something. Ah, Victory Bell. Okay, I, I think you said that twice. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Poké Rap. But yeah, so much fun to have Jason on. It was about an hour long, 58 minutes for those counting along at home. It is our most recent bonus episode, so it's really easy to find in our feed. You don't have to look for an episode number or for a date. Just look for something in giant capital letters that says bonus episode Jason Page interview, and you can check it out. The guy was super gracious. He said he gave us X amount of time and then ended up doubling it. So, yeah, yeah, which was cool. So I was like, okay, he likes us that much that he didn't cut us. Exactly. You know, that was cool. and, and even when I said, I, we want to respect your time, we have two more questions, he said, no, no problem, keep going. So I was like, yeah, that was cool. It was a good, you know, it was fun did, to. Did we ever uh, have a hard stop before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank Zumo, some 41. Oh, yeah, that, that we did have, but we stop. did have 30 minutes. Uh, and then there was another one I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Jonathan Sheck, 12 minutes, but he, or no, oh, yeah. 10 minutes, but he gave me 12. Yes, yeah, you had the extra two. Or he minutes. gave me, we had 12 and he gave me 15, something. It he gave me a couple extra, extra two, minutes yeah. because I dropped a couple, that thing you do's on there, and I don't think he was expecting it. He was like, oh, shit. All right, I'm in it. Yeah, that was. Publicist, hold on. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man. Don't bang Who on. was his wife, by the way? Um, now, I think she just had a baby or she's pregnant. I can't remember. But point being, uh, I listened to those old interviews and I'm like, damn, I didn't care about audio quality now, did I? Like it's it's rough. Yeah. I'm like right here. I know you did that one solo. The audio was, pop. It was like one o'clock. And I did another one. It was I think exactly one. Yeah. I think it was one fifteen. Yeah. And uh, you're the, like, can you make it? I was like, the impossible. Gra- the Grant Kirkhope one was at one o'clock in the afternoon. The Tommy Siegel one was, was 11, I, I like that eleven one. o'clock in the morning. Uh, I did those alone, and then Beta Camp. I did at eight o'clock at night on like a Tuesday, and you weren't around. I think I did Grant with you. Uh-uh. I did Grant alone. You did Matt Papa with me. From Inti Creates. You did Mick Waits with me. Yeah, I know Mick Waits. I thought I did Grand Coco. Nope. Hmm. I did it by myself. Because I, I, I went home for lunch that day. Work, oh, it was just a weird day. time. Okay. Yeah, it was like 11 or 1. He's from, he was in. England? I don't think he, I think he was in California at that time. I don't think he was oh. in England. We Skyped, so I don't know. I didn't get a phone number. So I don't okay. know if it was. Some, gotcha. Don't know if it was international calling yeah. or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so check out the Jason Page interview. And with that. Let's run down the agenda before we do a couple of teases, because we have three teases for you tonight. Uh, we're going to start off with our pick of the week. Then we're going to go to trivia. It's four and a half for Sam, ten and a half for me in our race to 11, win by two. If I get it right tonight with the answers, I take home the trivia challenge championship, and it ties us at two to where we'll probably do one more. And then I have to I'm probably going to take a break from it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. The, the folks, if, if the folks love it, we're not going to stop it. Uh, I know I do know some people play along at home. They tell me about that too. So uh, we'll we'll figure that See out as we goes. go. We've been doing trivia for three and a half years straight. So I'm out of questions. <laughs> I ask you every question under my. Then we'll go to movies, TV. Sam will take over for gaming. You can imagine with it being Pokemon today. Day today, we have a lot of Pokemon stories, which is where our top three is going to be housed as well. We got a fun one for you tonight. Arguably one of the harder ones I've done in a while, uh, just because there's so many to choose from. Tease. I'll take back over from music and then a couple other stories. Sam will give his CGC spotlight and we'll get on out of here. 
But before we do that, it's tease time, baby. And, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sam and I hit our stride where the show was rolling, uh, rolling like the river uh, in 2017. Like mm, July is when we started doing interviews and then rolling into 18. Holy shit. That year of July to July from 17 to 18, we did an interview on average once every other week. And there were some weeks where we did two in a week. There were multiple instances where we released three episodes in a week and two of them were interviews and one of them was a mainline episode. So we were hot and heavy on the interviews. And I just want to point out for those that don't know, I lived about 25 to 30 minutes away from Sam when we did all those. So Sam drove for damn near all of those on random weeknights, nights that we didn't record. We stayed up till 1130 uh, just to start an interview because we interviewed somebody from Japan once. Uh, so like... And we had work the next day, so like the things that we did to keep yeah, that show rolling. I mean, don't get don't get us wrong. It's fun to do. It's a little bit of a grind, and we we, we got a little bit of busy schedule coming up. So. And, and so like now that I live around the corner, it's a little bit more manageable for us to schedule yeah. these interviews fluidly on different nights of the week. I just have to text Sam and say, "Are you free?" Yeah. I text my wife and say, "Are we free?" And then we we can put it together a lot easier because Sam could walk here in less time than he could drive here. Which is like before at the old house, which is insane um, that he lives so close. So we've kind of started, okay, we really wanted to rededicate ourselves to the pod. 2019, we took most of it off from interviews, from me moving to having a baby at the end of 2018, to like really just, we started the We Pod Squad. So like, we really took time off to not flood the channel with content, to not flood ourselves. With, you know, I'm trying to be a dad and then moving and Sam started a new job. So, yeah. like, there's a lot and got friggin' nine puppies at one point. So, there's a lot of things going yeah. on. But we really wanted to rededicate ourselves in 2020. That's why we kind of did the Patreon a little bit and, and made it more about you as opposed to us. Uh, and then we kind of rededicated ourselves to interviews and trying to get back on the content bandwagon. It started with Surge back in December uh, with his Christmas tune. Then we had Jake Fine on a couple weeks ago. Then we had Jason Page last week. And now we have three in March that we're super duper freaking excited about that we're going to tease all three of them now and then on social media because we know not everybody who uh, listens to this show follows us on social and not everybody who follows us on social listens to this show. So, of course, we'll do a little bit of both. But we have three interviews coming up in March that we're super excited to talk about. And, uh, well, let's just start. All three of them are bands. I put it out on social media. Does anybody have any guesses? Nobody got it right. That's okay. I didn't really like put a tease tease in there except yeah. for we've mentioned them on the podcast in the last two weeks. So uh, starting off a week from tomorrow, so March 6th, live for the third time at the Foundry in Philadelphia, we'll be backstage with one of a, a, an up-and-coming new band. First it was Hawthorne Heights, a band we loved growing up. Second was May, another band we idolized growing up. Now, this is a band that has been huge for me in 2020. New to Sam. Sam is just starting to listen to them now. We'll get into it uh, with those guys. But we're going to go interview Bearings backstage at the Foundry. And oh, by the way, we scored some ticks to the show. So we'll be doing a show review live from the car like we did last time with May after the show. Yeah, that was like a little five, ten minute quick little vid just talking. All yeah, right. I'm That's super cool. psyched on it. There's five bands that night. Goalkeeper, Never Kept, Between Me and You, or Between You and Me, uh, Bearings, and Sleep on it. So super psyched. I've seen three of those bands live, um, and I've listened to Between You and Me for a while, and we've seen Goalkeeper open for postseason before. So new to Sam, but 
uh, and, and bearings will be new to me. They're coming down from Ottawa, so super psyched for the, uh, the Canadian folks over there. They probably watched that show you like. Degrassi. No, the other one. Oh, Letterkenny? Yeah. Believe me, it's, they're, they're <laughs> I'll, both already in the I'll, questions. I'm sure. They're, if you don't think, they're both already. And I'm going to wear shorts just so the flyers And when you guys talk it. about that, I'll, I'll just excuse myself <laughs> from the table and get it. <laughs> so really excited to have bearings on. And then we'll do a post-concert review live from the car, which will be attached to the end of the interview uh, as they're going to be in the middle of tour. So if they're coming to a town near you, we'll give you the, the live on the show. March 11th, arguably the interview I've been more hyped for than... Whew, well, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I was super psyched on Jason. I'm really psyched for all of our guests, to be honest but, with you. But you, you really sung the praises of a Will Away for so freaking long. Uh huh. Like, I, I downloaded all their stuff. I didn't dive in yet, but it's downloaded. I am so psyched to have Matt um, Matthew Carlson, lead singer and guitar player for A Will Away on Where There's a Will, There's a Way. Hence their name, A Will Away. Uh, they'll be joining us March 11th. And that episode will go live March 16th. So super psyched on that as the March 6th will be March 9th. Then March 11th will be March 16th. Then we have another interview on March 16th that will come out the next Monday, the 23rd, I believe. We'll get to that in a second, though. I just want to finish on Will, a Will Away real quick. This is a band that was my pick of the week twice and that had the fourth best record of 2019 to me. And it was an EP called Soup that they shadow dropped out of nowhere on a day we recorded. So yeah. I did an, a review of that record five hours after it dropped, as hot off the presses as you can get. But that's been confirmed that that'll be uh, on March 11th. So look for that on March 16th. And then on March 16th, the day before St. Paddy's Day, uh, we're going to have Mike, local nomad, uh, on the show as well. Solo artist. Um, last week I talked about him. I reviewed his new single. And first and foremost... Uh, I, I thought about it like long and hard of all these bands. I said, he sounded like I said, origami crane mixed with this mixed with that. I scrap it all. So I got it. Okay. I got the two band comp that I'm super psyched on. It's vampire weekend mixed with miniature tigers. Take it to the friggin' house. It's exactly it like took me a minute, but I got there. Uh, also just like, Super duper psyched on Love Is Gone is that new record. Vivo actually came out and gave him the number one spot on their uh, incoming alternative play uh, alternative playlist. You know, only the seven million likes that they have on Facebook. Oh, wow. So, so he is uh, up and coming. Really excited to have him on. He actually follows us on Instagram um, before we even set the interview up. So that was actually pretty cool. When I went to follow maybe, him, it said maybe, follow back. Maybe he's a nerd. And I was like, yo. <laughs> You know you're a fan already of us. You know this is a pretty big deal for you, Mike. I'm I'm hoping that you know we we are okay with that. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're yeah. super psyched. March 16th, local <laughs> nomad. Look for that towards the end of March on the 23rd. So uh, on top of our weekly episodes, we're gonna have bearings, a will away, and local nomad. Three bands that if you're not listening to now, go check out, and then you can can come back for those interviews. Super psyched on those. But that's enough talking for me for now, Sam. What is your pick of the week? Pick of the week? I went to the movies. Uh -huh. Me and Neilman, we saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. And honestly, I kind of just went in, you know, no expectations, and it just exceeded times 10. Jim Carrey was great. I will say that now you said the first time I saw him, I wasn't feeling it, but he was actually very funny in this movie. Good. He could even... Uh, was it? No, actually, I didn't see it with Neil. I saw it with Alex. My bad. Sorry, Neil. Uh, you were pot committed to Neil, too. I, I was. I even said, Neil, man, 
Um, yeah, me and Alex saw, and he, he, I remember after movies where Alex looked at me, he was like, Jim Coward was the only one to be able to play Dr. Robotnik. Only one. No one else could do it. I was like, could it? Like, I think someone else could have done it, but he was great. I thought only person who I'd never seen get credit for is James Marsden. Everyone else is like, Ben Schwartz is great as Sonic and Jim Carrey, but no one says nothing about James Marsden. I thought he was fantastic. Um, ben Schwartz was great as Sonic. Short movie, only 99 minutes long. Has a 64% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think it, it deserves better than that. It was Jeff Fowler's directorial debut, and I thought he did fantastic. The movie actually has a lot of heart. I almost shed a goddamn tear in a Sonic movie. I, I'm admitting that right here. But the movie was great. There's two... Um, there's like a... Uh, the movie ends, there's an end credit scene, and then there's a mid-end credit scene. You don't have to stay till the very end, but the mid... It, you have to stay to both. It, it, it definitely... There's going to be a sequel. No, no surprise there, but... Go out and support this film. I felt like we deserved it since we gave them such shit of how shitty Sonic looked. And they went back and put, I think it was 5 million was reported that that they confirmed it. 510, whatever it was. And I thought he looked great. He sounded great. Go see Sonic the Hedgehog. Do you know how I know that that was your pick of the week? I didn't text you. You did. You texted me saying you saw it. No, I know. No. But you didn't text me after. That's that's why. That's why I was like, I ain't going to text him because I want him I want him thinking like, was it good? Was it bad? Has yeah. to be good. Or is it bad? I'd hear from him. Nah, nah. If it was bad, you'd have texted me. I don't know. I could have said my not pick of the week was that a <laughs> shit show. But it was really good. That's awesome. Uh my pick of the week is a TV show. And um it's been slowly but surely uploaded to their YouTube page episode by episode. And I said, wait till it's all up there so you can binge it. Um, you can get Ashley into it again. She tried the first time. She liked it after six seasons, fell off in the seventh, put it on every night for dinner. That's Degrassi, baby. Uh, it's back all on YouTube, and I'm super psyched about it. They had to change some of the songs, I think, because it's like the copyright stuff. But we are uh, halfway through season six again, so we're uh, just at the point where Ashley fell off last time. Uh, we watch it every night with dinner. Uh, we watch two episodes every night with dinner. And then when I'm playing Pokemon after she goes to bed, that's my show that I have on in the background. Because I've seen it legitimately 15 to 20 times per episode. uh, And it's still just as great. It's funny now as we watch together and Helena like looks up and she's watching a little bit. We call out like just how terrible the acting is and how terrible. Even Helena turns away. She knows. It's just so charming. It's such a great (laughs) it's just a great show. I love it so much. It teaches you a lot of good shit. Um, And and oh God, it's just so. I love every second of it. And just go to the Degrassi, the next generation's YouTube channel and the original Degrassi, Degrassi high, all of it is on there, but then Degrassi, the next generation, you could watch 13 seasons up until the Netflix part, which is Degrassi, the next class, which is available on Netflix. So you could watch the entire freaking Degrassi catalog basically for free. If you have Netflix, what's that? Seven bucks, eight bucks a month. You can get the whole damn thing for free. I don't even know where that 12 bucks. I think I don't even know what Netflix costs no more. They keep raising it for yeah, a, a buck ta- every two I, years. Yeah, I think taxes, it's like 12 bucks. I don't even know anymore, but I'll tell you it's worth it. Uh, and yeah, so Degrassi, the next generation specifically uh, on YouTube, you can go check it out. It's terrible, uh, but take my word for it. You'll love every second. You, you just will. So uh, now it's time for me to win some trivia, baby. Hey, I think it's yours, man. I, I don't think this is hard. You might know it. You might not. Well, I'm going to give you the question first oh, okay. because, again, if I get it right, then there's no so, point in asking okay. the question. Gotcha. Okay. For Pokemon Day, I figured give them a layup. Okay. The, you got to think about it. But it's Gen 1 Pokemon. Okay. What level does Charmeleon evolve into Charizard? Just think uh, about it. No way I know offhand. I bet you do. 
it's, I think it's pretty high. I kind of just want to guess it. 38. Oh, you are so close. Uh, 36. Uh, I had a feeling it was up. To oh, uh, that would be the latest the starter evolves is 38. I think 36 is the highest the starter has ever evolved. I think 32 is low and 30, it's somewhere between 32 and 36 every time. Uh, I took a stab. It's usually. Did you have 38 in your thing? No. Nah, 36. The I, I would, then I, I would have guessed it because I thought it was an even number. Yeah, 32, 34, 35, 36. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. When Matt Murdock, Daredevil, uh-huh. was in jail in the comics, I'm out. who took the mantle of Daredevil? I, I only have two possibilities. Think of the whole Marvel universe. Oh, really? It's Marvel. Oh, I thought it would have been the fucking lawyer friend. No, no, comics. So it's Foggy ain't doing nothing. It's, it's, I don't know Foggy in the okay, comics. It's I know not Foggy. From the Mar- it's not Foggy. All right, cool. So you said think Marvel comics, so it's another hero. Yeah, it's always a Marvel hero. Fuck. Dude, I got no idea. Well, the good thing is I only need a half a point to win. You're absolutely so right. So let's hear him. A Moon Knight. B, <laughs> B Iron Fist. C, <laughs> C The Punisher. D Captain America. All right. Mm. I'm going to say Captain America's out. My eyes are closed, so I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Moon Knight, I feel like could be the right answer, but I feel like you also could just be put on there to play with your balls a little bit. But then, like, is that random? And then the other two make total sense. They're both, they're both Netflix shows. Remember, Iron this Fist, was this is comics. This is before Netflix. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Just you know. Iron Fist is in the Defenders, which I know is a comic book thing. That he is, but. He's super close with Luke Cage in the comics. They do the uh, Heroes for Hire, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Fist and Power Man. Yeah. Power Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just Luke Cage's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only one I've eliminated is Captain America, which will inevitably be the correct answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think Moon Knight's too too much of an anti-hero. I'm going to go with Iron Fist. Correct. Yeah. That's it. You win, brother. All right. We're all nodded. The trivia challenge is tied two to two. And I have to admit, as a little bit of a humble brag, that is the sixth week in a row I've gotten a question right. And that is the first time that I legitimately had no hope. So, that was dude, the first I, question. Craig, I knew you had this when moment. it was like three, nothing you. I, I, I think if you go back 37 episodes, <laughs> you'll hear me say it. We hit a, a wall for a while. Yeah. And then over the past two months, we we got on fire. One of us got it right. Every episode, I think, the last two months. Yeah, I, I couldn't buy a point. But uh, that was fun. So, Four and a half in like a year. So we had Jesus. we have two trivia championships. Sam jumped out to an early lead with the first two. And then I've won the last two. That's what I do. I, I win early and I just sit back. So that uh, that's usually my strategy. That's how I choke so bad. Uh, I get off to a big lead and then I'm like the Sixers. I get off to a 20-point lead and then I just slowly whittle it away. And then, uh, and then we'll go into this third one. We'll start to slate clean next week at zero to zero. And then we'll go to 11. And then we'll go for we'll see we'll see where that goes from there. I, I know that the people like the trivia, but uh, Sam's running out of questions. You think it's easy? You think it's easy? No, Yo, I got a lot of comic questions. That's you can do I that. that one Bring up it out, yeah. dude. I I would love. I, th- I thought hard this was shit. actually it was. I thought it was pretty easy. If you actually think Iron Fist is I don't Fist want perfect... easy questions. I hate them. I hate questions that are like well, right I try to, I try in my to, wheelhouse. I yeah, don't want them. Yeah. But it's good when you get. I a learn question. shit, but I learn shit. True. Even if True. I don't know it, I learn something. Like I thought, dogs laid eggs. And we learned something today. So, you know, if so facto, that's why I try to give you ones that you're like, why the fuck would I know that? I'm like, well, take a guess and then you'll oh, learn. And that's why I took a guess at Charizard. But 
I, you were I close, wrong. though. I'm happy for you. I thought you were going to say like 41. No, I was like, dude, put I, your, I knew it was, was like, Get your ball back on. You know the fucking, you know it's in the 30s. Uh, I'm happy with but it. You were close. I'm happy with my guess. All right, let's go into the movies section where we have three different reviews to read, then some impressions, uh, and then actually a couple different types of impressions. One's a little bit different than the other. Uh, and then we'll go into the stories for the night. So the first movie we're going to review tonight is Onward, which is that Disney Pixar, excuse me, new animated film uh, that, to be honest with you, I'm kind of I was kind of looking forward to. Um, I think Tom Holland's in it. I'm pretty sure it's Tom Holland, and I can't remember Sounds who about else. Right. Yeah, I can't remember who else. I think it's like Seth Rogen or something like that. But oh, Chris Pratt. That's it. Thank you. Filmmaker Dan Scanlon has crafted an adventure that gleefully flies high with its fantasy elements, yet never loses touch with its grounded family tale. In that regard, it feels like 80s Amblin, but without being a stoogy uh, homage. It got charm. How about it's? It's got charm from its playful production design to its exuberant voice cast to some deeply silly visual gags. Plus, it has a sensational pace that keeps the adventure uh, rollicking and keeps the audience on the edge of their seats through a tough parade of audacious action sequences that include high-speed chases, bonkers battles, and a dungeon crawl through an array of booby traps. Which is Fast and the Furious? All told, it's a terrifically entertaining tale filled with humor, heart, and illusions that are sure to delight fantasy fans. Sam, before you give your answer... If you said family on that thing, I would have (laughs) left. Before you give your answer... Rule number one of journalism, my friends, is if a word is too complicated, don't fucking use it. Uh, this reviewer's got to learn. Like, galloping, uh, galloping's fine, but like, re- the adventure rollicking and keeps the audience out of an audacious action. You know, it's, it's, saying, the, it's an animated movie, sir. Don't, Calm down. Don't use the grand. I don't give a shit about your 8 5. 7. No. <laughs> after how, all that, how do you rate that a seven? After that, after all that, it's Sir, just a seven. You're fired. Uh, that that wasn't a oh, very well written review. I have. To, I'm not going to lie because uh, it's just too much. Yeah, a hundred percent too much. You don't need that many words. Simple as that. All right, let's move on to the next review. Uh, this one is going to be for The Invisible Man, uh, which is, I believe, a new horror movie from the, I think that Universal Monster. Yeah, I saw this. It looked okay. While this dark new take on the classic universal monster, there you go, might not be for every audience, its inventive use of abuse and narcissism as a structural online uh, outline for horror means that this uniquely grim outing for the Invisible Man largely works. Lee Wannell's dedication to crafting terror from abuse without necessarily making a statement right might rub some viewers the wrong way. But the Invisible Man's stark settings, solid performances, and great production design, accompanied by Wannell's impressive eye for unusual action sequences, could make this first word-of-mouth horror hit of the year. Edo. Yes. Very good. Solid Edo. Very, very good. That that review was on point. And what's the third? Oh, the third one's something Sam's looking super forward to if he hasn't already seen it. I did not. It comes out Blu-ray in 10 days. There you go. Superman Red Sun. So we have another DC animated review for you. Superman, we've been talking about this movie for what seems like two years. Yeah. Superman Red Sun is one of the stronger additions to the DC animated movie library in recent years. The source material is well suited to this format, and it offers a rare opportunity to explore a morally conflicted version of the Man of Steel and less villainous version of Lex Luthor. It's unfortunate that the seriously underwhelming ending 
and bland animation style suck the wind out of this movie's sales because Red Sun had the potential to be one of DC's best. As it is, it's still well worth watching for Superman fans who want to see a different side of the character and experience a unique vision for the DC universe. 7 Yes. Did you see that? I did not. I did not. I, I, I wait till I get my Blu-ray in hand because then I get the sneak peek of the next movie that they're making, you know, behind the scenes stuff. So I'm, I'm patiently waiting. You know, I think that movie sounds like it's got a lot of promise from a storytelling perspective. But like you said, the bad ending, which I, you know, I can't disagree with. I haven't seen it. But then that bland animation, the animation style for me in an anime or, an, or a cartoon or an animated movie is everything. Yeah. If it's not well done or drawn or at least even if it's poorly done like South Park, it's intentionally poorly yeah. done. I can get on board with that. But you know me. It takes a lot for me to get into an animated thing. And a lot of that's because a lot of times the animation just falls off for me. I mean, I, I mean, the one animation that jumps out to me that in recent DC movies that I really wasn't a fan of was Batman and TMNT. I hated how the it turtles wasn't, looked, it wasn't and I great. and I know I wasn't the only one. I watched that. Like I loved the comic. I loved all. What did you think about Batman Ninja? I, I loved it. Yeah. I, I don't. I know. I feel it wasn't. Like, I didn't like the movie, but I love the animation. I, yeah, and I feel like it's either if you didn't really like the movie, it's like you'll appreciate the animation, but the movie wasn't for you. It's either or you loved or hate it. Like I feel like there's almost no in between. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just either strong passion about it. I know there are a lot of statues made off from that. Like they look so badass, and it just when they had like the giant house kind of movie, it, it did get a little crazy. Yeah, but I still was, enjoyed it. There was like halfway through the movie where I was like, I don't think I can trip balls and think of weirder shit than what's happening. It's definitely, we never got a movie like that before. Uh, Speaking of, well, not getting a movie like this. We've gotten CG movies before. This is Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. It is now available on Netflix in English. We never thought we'd get this movie in English. We got it in Japanese in 2019. That's where I watched it. I watched it subbed and I didn't love it because it was subbed. I, I'm not a sub guy. Um, if there's one thing this movie always had was gorgeous visuals. And, you know, I woke up at four o'clock this morning just to watch it on Netflix and I watched it. And <laughs> it's only to... like an hour and a half, right? It's yeah, not that long. Yeah, hour, hour 45, uh, which is actually pretty fucking long for a Pokemon movie. But regardless, uh, it's a retelling of Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, which I think every kid our age has basically yeah. seen in theaters. Um, in theaters, right? Where it's the origin story of Mewtwo. Uh, you know, he wants to destroy Mew. He blows up people. He goes on an island and, and challenges the, you know, this group of trainers, uh, clones their Pokemon, clones Pokemon and yeah. stuff like that. So I was like, all right, um, let me try to do this in English and hopefully it's better. Right off the bat, right off the bat, I've said it before when I gave my impressions of the Japanese, but the visuals are so stunning. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. The Pokemon look the best they've ever looked in anything ever. So like hats off to the animators. I wish they got the original voice of Ash. They they can't. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. There is one really distractingly pretty bad voice actor uh, of all of them. Brock is okay. Misty's actually really close to the original Misty. Jesse is decent. James is decent. But Meowth does. Meowth is rough for me. Meowth is really rough. So this movie, again, was made in Japanese and never thought that it was going to be dubbed. Um, So the dubbing is just terrible. Oh, really? That bad? The dubbing is really bad. Like there are scenes where Ash has been done talking for a solid second and he's just going. Oh, wow. He's just talking. So like his mouth has not been moving. (laughs) It can be pretty rough there because they animated the CG for... Japanese, yeah. so I get that. Uh, and when you try to, they probably need it. a little bit more money to really touch it up and finish it. And and so and when you do it in all these other languages, because I think they released it worldwide. I'm, I think they did it in a couple different languages now. I, I just it, the dubbing was a little distracting at points. 
Um, they took away uh, some of the features and storylines from the first one. They actually got rid of my favorite line of the movie where it's uh, they're trying to get to the island in this big storm and Team Rocket shows up as Vikings and they get on the boat and they're going like they're Vikinging over and Ash goes, I thought Vikings were only in Minnesota. And I thought that was charming. Oh, geez. Um, they got rid of it. They don't even do the Viking thing. So the little that was a little he said the one line I wanted I didn't get. Well, I knew that from the Japanese one because they didn't show up in Vi- as Vikings in the Japanese one. Oh, they, gotcha, showed up, gotcha. they show up in a Lapras thing, like a Lapras uh, boat. Back. Boat. No, no, not oh, an actual oh. Lapras, like a boat that looks like a Lapras. Um, but you know what? It, it, the story is just as corny. It's got decently funny bits. It's totally worth a watch if you're a Pokemon fan, especially if you've A, seen the original first yeah. movie. B, you're a Gen 1 guy or girl. C, if you if you really, like, love animation. Because I'll tell you, just it, it is so I might just figure stunning. if people love Pokemon, they're going to see it regardless. Dude, try to watch it on a big TV, even for five minutes. And you'll keep watching just so you can see the animation. Look at Gyarados. Gyarados looks amazing. Probably, I believe I'm sure Mewtwo looks badass. Mewtwo looks the same. Mewtwo's in Smash. <laughs> I've seen Mewtwo like this before. Like Mewtwo just, he's very just round and purple. Yeah. There's not like a lot of distinct features so about Mewtwo. So he looked Mewtwo. better in Pe- uh, Pokemon or uh, Pikachu in the, Go? In the, Detective Pikachu? He looked pretty identical. Yeah, okay. He looked pretty okay. identical to, that's actually a great comp. He looks pretty identical to Detective Pikachu. He Gyarados looks stunning. Um, Scyther, wow. They nailed, nailed Scyther. At least I got that one. They you. nailed Charizard. Uh, so I, I will give him a lot of credit. Mew looks funny as shit. Mew is super cute in this movie. So, like, it's good. A solid six. Not my favorite. It's not terrible. It, but worth you, a watch. You'll you'll totally remember it. Like, you'll yeah. go back and be like, oh, my God, I forgot about that. Or, oh, my God. Like, I remember that scene. It's it's It was fun. So That's check it out. Pokemon, uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back, Evolution. But, Sam, got to get into Matt Reeves' The Batman. Because right after we're done filming last week... Of course, multiple photos of the bat cycle and the bat suit that Robert Pattinson will be wearing, even though it was his stunt double in yeah. those shots, will be wearing in that on that cycle surfaced in the daytime, clear as all get out. Yeah. We have them on our Instagram right now at We Podcast, and we know things. What'd you think? Of the bat suit and bat cycle. Well, one, I saw the video where he actually fell off the bike. I while, saw that while, one too. While driving that, I mean, again, none of this, none of these were edited. Nothing was. It was just raw, and I, I thought it just looked okay. They're gonna touch it up. Like people were like, oh my god, jumping, jumping, freaking fences and all this shit. And I mean, just today, just to give it on Twitter, uh, podcast like the Holy Batcast. He kind of put, like, I guess after hearing all this, like, bad news, people just think shitting on Batman. Like, you know, it's days like this where you hear this news that it's, it's tough to do a Batman podcast. And Diedrich Bader, who voiced Batman on Brave and the Bold, kind of said, uh, you know, don't let him get to you. Like, what do we do when we fall? We pick ourselves up. And I was like, thanks, Batman. We needed that. And, and the podcast and Diedrich, like, my comment. So, I mean, it, it just, guys, relax. It's Name drop. <laughs> it's, uh, sorry, it's Batman. It's, you know, I've watched him since the Drew Carey show. Yeah, that's Tijic my boy. Bader was my favorite that's part of the boy. Drew Carey show. So, like, just, like, I, like, when did we always just start to shit on everything? Like, is that is that everything now? We just have to shit on it? We can't just wait, let the process go? Like, wait till you actually get his version. Like, this is why he gave you a little tease of the suit. Because he knew this shit was going to, he knew that 
Oh yeah, he yeah, we, we said it here. Camped out. He's got to get out in front of this before yeah. the paparazzi get yep. the shots that they're going to get. Somebody on that set is going to go like this with their phone, yep. hold it close to the chest, and hit the button for the camera, and we're going to see it, and it's going to look shitty. But you have to remember, this is before post production, where the special effects, the CG touch ups, all happen. If remember when we saw Captain Marvel in her suit on set, everybody freaked out. Yeah, not that she looked great, but that wasn't her final suit. Suit Captain America on set. They like let the post production team and the CG that they're going to add it. Robert Downey on board like a top plate. Right. You know what I mean? So like let all these things happen before you make the judgment. Yes, it's an outline. Yes, it's a rough idea. Yes, it gives us like, okay, a direction to go. But it is sure is by surely no means is going to be the final suit. And, And another thing, guys, remember, he said this is like Batman's second year. This isn't. Ben Affleck, who's been Batman for 20 years. Like, this is his, That's like... That's almost 80 years. Yeah, it, exactly. So, like, God, give him a break. They already confirmed there's another suit in the movie. Like, okay, this is his starter suit. And then I'm sure the end, the last, you know, 20 minutes of the movie, I'm sure we get that final right. suit where I'm sure it's going to look badass. You get the middle evolution. You get the final exactly, evolution at level exactly, 36. Exactly. When Batman hits 36. level 36... <laughs> I mean, again, I thought the bike was cool. It looked like the person in the front looked like that was probably Catwoman's stunt double. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked okay. It, yeah. it didn't sway me either way. I'm seeing this movie day one regardless. Like, I see every superhero movie. I support shit. I support Sonic. Come on. I am, obviously, I've said it before, I'm not, like, this deep, giant DC nerd guy, and uh, I tend to like Marvel movies more, even though they're the same movie 23 different times. And I'm, I you gotta just give this a chance. I Like, I'm in the camp of, I like Batman, uh, I'm sorry, The Dark Knight Rises. So, like, the, the, the I funny, know that's not the popular. The funny part was people were, like, shitting on Pats, and it's like, Jack says it wasn't even him. Yeah. Like, just just relax. Get off your, your little internet trolls or warriors. Just fucking relax. I just... That's it. Just relax, man. Yeah. That's it. I, don't, I didn't, like I said, I, it did nothing. It was just, okay, cool. Until I, I, until I see Robert Pattinson doing something there like that, or, or, or when Matt Reeves, when Matt Reeves gives us something, when it's mm-hmm. when he actually touched it up rather than some raw image. Uh, a Borderlands film is coming, which is kind of news. We kind of got a tease before, but it found its director, and this is a pretty good one, Eli Roth, who did Hostel. He did Cabin Fever, which is two cult classic horror films. He now gets the Borderlands franchise, which goes to dark, dark, dark places. He did the one with Brad Pitt, right? When they were killing Nazis? Uh, Inglorious? Yeah. Did, I th- did I th- he do Inglorious I think, I think that was Eli Roth. No, that was Tarantino. Are you sure? I think that was Eli Roth. Bro, that was a Tarantino. Double, double check. If he did not direct it, he, he started in it. Because I'm pretty sure Eli Roth had something to do. Eli Roth was in Inglorious Bastards as an actor. I mean, I'll take it. As long as he's involved in the film, I'm, I'll take it. Yeah, he was one of the... Bastards. I don't remember. I don't think that was Tarantino. Hmm. Who who directed Inglorious Bastards? I could be wrong. Literally directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Eli Roth played Donnie Donowitz, who was one of the yeah, okay. Bastards. I, I thought he was in it and directed it. No, right. I, I Quentin, I apologize. There was a Tarantino all over it. From the subtitles to the subtitles where he says we and the subtitle says we. Fucking hilarious. Subtly hilarious. Quentin Tarantino fashion. But... Regardless, Eli Roth is in charge of Borderlands. And Borderlands, if you haven't played it... Yeah, video games, it's not my company. There's, there's five Borderlands games out there. Tales from the Borderlands, Borderlands 1, 2, 3, and Borderlands the pre-sequel. Great, great loot shooter RPGs. Unbelievable. But they're cell shaded So it's like the very cartoony art style. So how do you take that 
and put it in live action. I think that's going to be task number one. Make a cell-shaded video game that's not like Uncharted, which is CGI, looks damn near perfect, like like uh, picture perfect, where you can easily translate that into the big screen, into live action. They're going to have to... Get me into the world of Pandora because Pandora is a vast open place with like pockets of shit going on. So you have to try to find a way to make that interesting. Uh, Claptrap has to be the comic relief. He has to be as funny as he is in the games. He has to be voiced. Um, I think it's one of the Birches. I think it's Ashley Birch's brother who does Claptrap. I'm not 100% on that. But you got to have your tiny Tinas and maybe even bring back Handsome Jack. The games are iconic, especially Borderlands 2, one of the most iconic games of the last decade. Borderlands 3 is good. It was probably number four or five on my list of 2019 game of the year, but um, I'm also not done it yet. But I'd like to see the Vault Hunters they choose. I'd like to see the missions. I'd like to see the plot. And I'm really excited to get some footage here because Borderlands can get fucking dark quick. You know, it's got bajillion guns. You just shoot the faces off of people and, and it's it can go places. So it's so going to be a hard R. If you give me, it'll definitely be a hard R. If you give me a Mad Max vibe, I'm in. A Mad Max vibe is all I'm looking for. The desert apocalypse thing that Mad Max was able to do, like Fury Road, is not this giant grandiose movie that takes place in a million places. It takes place in a car on a desert. Let's call that what it is. And they make it very good because of the writing, because of the acting. Charlize Theron does a great job. Tom um, Hardy. Tom Hardy, what's and um, Gerard Butler, I think, is in is in Mad Max. Is it Tom? No, it's just Tom Hardy. Thank you. Yeah, Tom Hardy is Mad Max. Correct. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm excited that they have an, a very well known. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for the trailer. Director, two years. I hope so. I hope you do. Uh, there may be a little shop of horrors reboot happening, and it may star Scarlet, or not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and Captain America, Scarlett Johansson, and Chris Evans. I mean, they're two of probably that one of the, like the biggest actors right now, at least top paid after they left the uh, Avengers movies. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're good. But they I, I like Chris Evans. They I, are good. They're I, both really I good. liked him before he was even big, before he was anything. Johnny Blaze. Even before that, when he was freaking, not another team movie. I thought he was hilarious. He wasn't not another team movie. That was, was, his, first, that was his first movie. He was the quarterback. Yeah. He wore the varsity jacket. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. When he, didn't came, they came made, far away. Yeah, they made fun yeah. of. Um, another underrated movie that came out in 05. Uh, with Chris Evans, Jason Statham, London, Jessica Biel was in it. I thought that movie was fantastic. Movie. Completely goes against of what he was known for, Johnny of you know the Human Torch. Completely underrated movie, London. Check it out. Scott Johansson's been on fire recently with Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit, and now you have Black, Widow Black coming Widows out. coming out in two months. And it looks it looks good. So it looks good. I'm gonna pass on it, but um, you know what? This is something I can get behind. I like Little Shop of Horrors. And if all these remakes and reboots and all this shit happened. I mean, I don't give a shit about this movie, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like both say, actors. I'd like to see Chris Evans sing a tune and Scarlett Johansson, you know, do a little ditty. She sings yeah. She sings in Marriage Story, so she's not, I know she's got the pipes. Mission Impossible 7's production has been halted. So it's like a lot of things nowadays. The coronavirus is very Oh, so weird. that was the reason why it got halted? Very right, that, that's, I mean, Dude, there people are missing games and movies, and hey, it sucks. Conventions. But hey, dude, I mean, I'd, I'd rather be safe than sorry, you know, because there's, there's no cure right now. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Jurassic World 3 has begun production and will be titled Jurassic World Dominion. I, I like the name. Uh, I think it was Chris Pratt tweeted or, or Instagram based. Like, everyone's coming back. The whole from the original. So it's like, I feel like this was their only move because the last one sucked so bad. They had to bring Sam Neill back. 
I thought he was fantastic in the first three. I, I, I dug this great. I kind of I missed him in these new ones. The second one was my number one on my top three worst of 2018. It is. I thought it was the, the third. Oh, this, oh, this is the third one. That's right. This is the third one. It was, it was terrible. Fallen Kingdom fucking was terrible. Fucking terrible. Wasted two hours. And I will never forget. I tweeted it out that I hated it. And a f- I'll give you this hint. I won't say his name. I already know. Are you on set? I already know. A guy who I, has I know. another I already know. I already know. Yeah, I already know who it is. Just, just went down my fucking throat. Same with Jumanji when I didn't like that first Jumanji with the rock. See, I, I liked it. I, but that like, I I'm allowed to not it. like it. It's no, my, you are it's too. My opinion. It's your opinion. It That's jumped all. down my fucking throat and I was like, go away. That's it. That's all I'll say. Just go away. <laughs> Steven Spielberg will not direct the latest Indiana Jones film, being Indiana Jones 5. That's pretty big news, but even bigger news is the person who may be coming in to take his place. James Mangold will reportedly replace him. He did Logan, Ford v, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, some big-time films over the last couple of years. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's not Spielberg. Get, get, get another director behind it. Let he's else doing do – oh, God. They, I can't remember what he's doing. He's, he's always doing something. <laughs> Um, he's getting up there too. God bless him. No, I'll, I'll I'll remember what he's doing. He is doing unless he was doing a sequel. Oh, what was that fucking one movie with all, all the uh, the characters? God damn it! West Side Story. No, all, that's what he's doing. All, all like the game characters and like Ready uh, Player One. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, I would love a sequel. I thought that was really good. He's doing uh, West Side Story. That's what. That's the scheduling conflict uh, specifically damn. for this one. Um, so we'll see. James Mangold not absolutely. Uh, t- like tabbed for this. It's just it's a rumor it's, it's at this time, but very heavily rumored to the point where I hate discussing rumors. Like if I see some random, it really rumor, does, guys. I leave it off our notes. Once it's on a certain site that we use, then I'll go for it. If it hits that site, I'll trust it. But I ain't using these sites anymore for this rumored shit. It brings no value to this podcast when we talk about it. this guy might play this role. Let's wait till it's announced, please. All right, enough of my me being on my soapbox. February 28th, coming out this week in theaters, is The Invisible Man, which we just read the review for. Greed. Guns Akimbo, which has uh, Daniel Radcliffe in it. Oh, that, that looks wild. It does. It looks it, crazy as shit. You know what? He gets guns, like, bolted to his hands. Two um, handguns. It looks crazy. A guy relies on his newly acquired gladiator skills to save his ex-girlfriend from kidnappers. Out of 2,000 IMDb ratings, it has a 7.4. Of six Metacritic scores, it's got a 43. But you know what this reminds me of? Is Crank. But you're hey, right. I can say it. It, you're it, right. it looks wild. He's get dude, look at it. It's legitimately Oh, I, I see the trailer. Like I'm in. Nailed. I'm in to his fucking hand. I'm in. It's like, Edward Gun hands. He he can't even turn the knob. I was watching like a funny thing. It, it looks good. That is wild. That'll be like I think that has a chance to be a cult classic. I, I believe. Wendy, uh, the Whistlers, and that's it. Oh, see, and and the nothing. See that or go see Sonic. Sonic's been in since Valentine's Day, so it's only been two weeks. In that, and it's over two hundred million worldwide. So you, you, already made, already made money, baby. You might have noticed that we did not do a box office segment. Um, we're we're, we're ju- cutting it. We're going to cut it. Yeah, we're we're going to move forward from the box office stuff again when we talk about what brings value to this show. Rumors do not, and the box office doesn't. When I read it half the time, that's the same chance to catch up on his text messages. <laughs> no, like that. he's kidding. <laughs> All right, let's move into the TV section where we have season two of Altered Carbon. Uh, as a review, I know Sam, you're interested in watching yeah, the season. It, it, it just dropped today. Yep. So I don't want it won't spoil anything. I can assure you of that. 
I don't want to do that still to you. P- still pissed that they change characters. I mean, I do like Anthony Mackie, but I just yeah. hate when you change characters. But this is a show where you could you could do it and it actually makes sense, so I'll allow it. Altered Carbon's second season learns some valuable time management lessons from its first outing by focusing less on the cyberpunk Sherlock Holmes-esque aspects of its narrative and more on expanding its imaginative universe for the better. Anthony Mackie is a very different interpretation of Takeshi Kovacs from season one Droll Kinnaman. However, that doesn't make it any less impactful of a performance. Anchored by a strong supporting cast, including Chris Connors Poe and Torben Liebrecht's Ivan Carrera, Altered Carbon Season 2 is a worthy follow-up that, at times, surpasses the first season mm-hmm. with a more expansive universe that stretches far beyond the confines of Bay City. 8-5. That's solid. I, again, like, the stuff that they said, like, the... Sherlock Holmes, I love that bit. Like, I love, I, I I was talking to our buddy Bob Snyder, and he said he really didn't care for the first season. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I love the cast. That's like right up your alley. The, yeah. the, the stuff that happens on the show, you love that John Wick action. Yeah, it's a John Wick uh, mixed with uh, fucking Magic. Shit. Yeah, the one, the one anim- uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, I feel okay. like them two are almost like a perfect mix. Uh, we have the season five premiere of Better Call Saul, this is only the first episode as it comes out episodically and on with AMC. Vince Gilligan, all the actors said, they said, this is the payoff, We this is the season where the paid off, it's, everything pays off, it's worth watching, they get one more season after this, and it's the show's done, let's see what they got. Better Call Saul returns with a renewed focus that pushes the series closer to Breaking Bad without losing what makes the prequel engaging all on its own. A lot of that is thanks to Rhea Seahorn's continually astounding work as Kim Wexler, yes, who, she, she, is she was she's, always she, great, she's fantastic. who primes us for a season where tragic results feel inevitable while ensuring the season's si- series' signature heart doesn't get lost in the crossfire. 8-5. 9. I must have none. I've I, I just been steady 8-5. I feel like that's just what it was. But Why yeah, not? She's been I don't fantastic. think you're going to go 8-5 on this next thing. And, and she's been saying, like, like, she knows her time's limited. Obviously, we never see her in Breaking Bad. So she just, she knows, like, her time's coming. Fuck, and she's I never did even thought of that. How do you not think of that? I don't know. I, oh, my I, God. I, that I, shouldn't I, be a spoiler for anybody. No, no, it's not. But, like. You didn't think of it? I just hope she moves. I hope she doesn't get killed. Fuck. I, I don't know. To me, it seems like she's going to get, she's she's dying. I think she dies this season. That would be my guess. <sighs> Is that the thing that prompts him to move to Idaho? No, that's Breaking Bad. Fuck, man. You know what I think six season is post Breaking Bad. That I, that would be everything. They're gonna do a time. That time. would be everything. Why not? Why would they show that in the first? All episode? them. Well, no, they, they you get oh, little. Yeah, they've been teasing it, but they teases. opened the show with it. Oh yeah, the first scene is black and white of him in Idaho. Uh, I, if they do that, like the end of season is him, bam, boom, they fast forward, and there he is. What what a what a boat to put like to put on that show to put on Breaking Bad with El Camino. At least the last episode. Oh, him and, I don't know if you him and Jesse meet up. Oh man, I don't know if you have to. Well, he's. I don't think that will ever happen. He's in Alaska. I. I maybe they want to go ice fishing. I think maybe the last season might be too big to do a whole thing of post Breaking Bad. Maybe a last episode or two. I all like, in black I, and white. I would want something. All in black and white. Give me, give me, let me. I mean, nibble on something. That's all I want. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of nibbling, the Walkers do a lot of nibbling in The Walking Dead. We have the uh, what is it? The mid-season premiere. Oh, uh, and I saw it. Of course you fucking did. Oh, uh, fucking bonehead. Oh my god. Would you get out of that, please, dude. while you're still? Well, you still can. 
Oh my, my god. Let me I can't wait to hear this I, this review has to rip it apart. The Walking Dead literally stumbled around in the dark <sighs> with its mid-season Terrible. premiere, giving us a ton of murky, shadowy action that at times was hard to make out. Right now, given Carol's anger and Alpha's missteps, we're in a race to see which team can in- inadvertently sabotage themselves first. Though, we do want to see Carol having been humbled this week come out on top in the end. 5 7 no, it doesn't deserve Squeeze it. Squeeze was the name of the episode. Yeah, it guys, it's the same shit. Like it ended where any other show, everyone's dead. They all got out. The big guy fits through a space this big. For all those and, at home, he's, he's he is cr- roughly three inches. Apart. And, and this guy's a big guy, and he's crawling through this space. Oh, God. Uh, I, I, I'm, I just watch it like, like how bad can it get? Like that's what I watch at this point. Like what dumb shit can they show me tonight? The easiest thing for you to do. Is turn it. Off. I know, but I, at this point, it's like a, like I watch it like, almost like a joke. Like I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. You're a sadist and a masochist. Like I'm not sitting there like pissed off. I laugh. Like that's what happened. That's you, what you, they did. You don't watch it on Mondays generally, though, right? You watch it. No, no, it comes on Sundays. I, I watch. That. I watch that's it Mondays. You don't yeah. watch it till Mondays. Yeah. Oh fuck! I ain't staying up till ten. Crazy. I can wake <laughs> up before. Come on. So you watch it after the fact. Do you yeah, ever get no, spoiled? No, on socials? never, never. I, I dude, you can't spoil nothing no more. You can't. With that show specifically, you mean? To me, even if I read it, like they ain't gonna call, they ain't gonna kill off Daryl. He's the only reason the two and a half million. I think it's their one of their lowest ratings they ever had in this episode. It was lower than their finale of last fucking episode, but before their break, two and a half million. I Jesus. think that or three. It, it was bad. Like they are hanging by a thread. That AMC just milking it for everything. Because why did Kirkman ended it? The comic run. Yeah. Fuck that. He's like, I want, rather than make up a whole new story. And it's, it's already shit. Like, that's, he probably saw the show. Like, damn, it sucks. I better end this shit quick. Bro, next month is that third Walking Dead series. Oh, I, I won't watch a minute. Or no, I think it's April. So I won't watch a minute. You promise? No, I swear. Pinky swear. I pinky swear, bro. Right here on this podcast yeah, episode. I'll never watch it. It's Pokemon Day and Pinky Swear Day. That's fine. But the next thing, I'm in it for 100%. But you're not going to do HBO Max. You're going to get the free preview of HBO I'll, Max. I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll wait. I'll get it. Sam's going to make an email address up. I was gonna, my, a, my, my top three was going to be our favorite characters from this show. That was my get, other Get guess. a free month of HBO Max just so we can watch the Friends Reunion special that has been absolutely confirmed for HBO Max. Now, what you need to know about it, this is not a reboot of the series. No. This is not even an episode, a new episode. This is an unscripted get-together for the cast members that will be exclusively on HBO Max. I think they said it's an hour to two hours. I have no They're interest. Each, each, no interest. Each friend's actor and actress, they're getting two and a half million. Each. Seinfeld is better. No, I, I'm, I'm a friend's guy. I grew up watching Friends. Seinfeld when I was younger, I fucking hated it. Friends, Me too. Me I too. always Me loved too. it. Me too. I've grown into it. Friends, I, like, I, I love the whole cast. I don't mind. There's one time of day when I don't mind Friends, and that's when Ashley and I lay her head down at the pillow at night. And want to go to sleep? It's a really nice background TV show. I just freaking love it. You pay attention. It's going to be good for me to see Chandler, Joey again, Ross. Like, I can't wait. If the last thing I see before I go to sleep at night is Jennifer Aniston, there are worse things in the world. But I am not here for that reunion. I'm here for it. Are you going to pay fifteen dollars? No, but I'm here for it. (laughs) He's going to wait till somebody puts it on YouTube. Someone will send it, and he watches it in six minute segments. (laughs) Someone got me on a look. The Friends reunion special again, HBO Max. I didn't. I think May, I think they said it's going to be around yeah, launch, probably. which is sometime in May. So if they haven't filmed it already, 
It's happening real yeah. soon. Can't wait. Harley Quinn has been renewed for season two on DC Universe. The craziest part about that is season one ends, I think, tomorrow, a.k.a. No, today or week. next last week. Sorry. So it ended in late February. Season two starts April 3rd. What the fuck? They, they got that it. is not a new season. That's just, hey, listen, let's just take a quick T.O. Well, I mean, what? I think the first season they was, got nothing else. was like why. 12, yeah, 12 or 15 episodes. They needed, they, they knew they planned this out. They knew it's, you know. No, they didn't. They thought Swamp Thing was going to be able to be here for this. They needed a show. Yeah. Swamp Thing is fucked. And Titans Titans did two seasons in a year. Like, you did, they did a yeah. pretty bad job of planning out their content. They rushed so it. They rushed was, it. No, no, they just didn't plan it well. If you just move Titans off a couple months, just a couple. Yeah. But they they wanted people to stay. They want to give people a reason to leave. Well, now that now there is one. And you know you know what the best. What's part? the flagship show? Titans, and it's not Probably. coming back till late 2020. Yeah. Doom yeah. Patrol is being simulcasted on HBO Max the day after it drops on DC Universe. Which sucks. On HBO yeah, Max. sucks. There is no Swamp Thing, yeah. and Justice League Dark. Dark. That's what we can only hope is they do something with that eventually. Supergirl or Star Girl or whatever. No, that's on CW. But they're no, they're doing that same thing. They're doing DC Universe first, and then 24 hours later going on the CW. So there's no reason to oh, get I, I DC Universe. I think they're airing it on CW because I just saw a day trailer. after DC okay. Universe. Huh. So there's no reason that DC Universe. Except so where are like, they going to drop it on? Because the, Titans and Harley Quinn. But their normal drop is a Friday, and CW is not going to play it on Saturday. Then they'll play it on Monday. But they're, they're playing like it like okay. the same time that they're dropping it. Maybe a week difference. Maybe they'll cut it. Yeah. So maybe it'll be Friday, Friday, but it'll be last week's episode or something. But Could they're playing. Like that. They're playing it on the CW. There's like. There's very little incentive. Now, don't get me wrong. DC Universe is what seven, eight bucks. And yeah, it's, it's eight it's, bucks. It's, it's, it's I don't, not, I don't, I don't mind the worst. I don't mind spending the eight. But I, that's the same price as Disney Plus. And when you put that true. into perspective, but right now Disney Plus don't really have nothing. That's I'm the the only reason I still use it every day is because I have a daughter. Yeah, which which is which is perfect for you. Yeah, if but, I didn't, I we would have already used it up. I would say one of the things about Harley Quinn, the best thing about this show, it's not even Harley Quinn. The best thing about the show is Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. Joker, Kite Man, like characters that they came out of nowhere. King Shark, like funny, like Harley Quinn, like she's like one of my least favorite mm-hmm. on the show. Just everyone else just kind of brings the show up and carries it. Well, there's going to be two new additions to that supporting cast that I'm excited to talk about, as a matter of fact. Doc Ock is switching teams over to DC. That's right. Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2, is coming on as Mr. Freeze for Harley Quinn Season 2, while Catwoman is also going to be voiced by Sana Lathan, or Lathan, who uh, is from The Affair and from The Cleveland Show. Yeah, I know her from, I, I know her from The Affair. But hype for Mr. Freeze. That obviously is freaking my, my favorite villain. And Alfred Molina is great. He's fantastic. He's been in a... Fucking bunch of shit. He's actually in Indiana Jones, the first one. He's one of the villains that gets yes, killed is. very yes, early. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But Mr. Freeze, one of my favorite villains. Catwoman, of course, she's awesome. I'm in for season two. Just I, It started off a little slow for me. It took me a little bit to get used to it. Her sure voice. Did. Yeah. But just... You, 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 you went through. Everybody else just picked the show up, and it just got better, and I just maybe got accustomed to it, because in my head... It's, she didn't wear the classic Harley Quinn outfit, except in the last episode, she actually does wear it. And I thought she looked fantastic. That's my Harley Quinn. I'm the animated series guy. Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy gets its first trailer. It'll be a three-part anime series on Netflix, I think consisting of six episodes each part or something like that. The way they laid it out is crazy. And it looked it looked decent. I, I didn't actually watch saw it. I watched it. I was like, okay, like you, you got my attention a little bit. It's not going to be, oh my god, I got to jump on it immediately. But I was like, if I have some time, I'll check it out. <laughs> Will you have some time? I think I will. Macaulay Culkin has been cast for season 10 
of American Horror Story. Please be the villain. Please be the villain. Please be the villain. I, that I would, be he would be perfect. He would be, a, he would be a good villain. I mean, I, that, definitely not my show. I think that's been well documented on this podcast, but I digress. I'll take over in gaming. Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection Review. That'll be on PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC out now, ladies and gentlemen. The Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection is great, thanks to the quality of its six included games. Capcom's addition of new modes to help people play these classics at whatever difficulty they feel comfortable is a great way for anyone to enjoy the wild sci-fi stories of these Mega Man X spin-offs without making it a walk in the park. The bonus features are great, but aren't anything more than what you'd expect to find in a retro gaming collection. Although the Z-Chaser adds a new level of competitiveness to the games, playing handheld games on a 55-inch TV screen is fun enough on its own, but these games in particular look and play amazingly well. 8-5. 8-0. I'll tell you, I started, <laughs> off, I started off rough tonight with the reading. I've been dragging ass for the last couple of days. It's been, been a long week. I've been hitting it pretty hard these last couple these last couple of reads. I'm excited about it. Oh well, this one's pretty exciting. New mythical Pokemon revealed. Yeah, we got uh, the long-awaited mythical Pokemon for Generation Eight in Sword and Shield, uh, which again, on its own, is a pretty cool story. But to, to the fact that we have Zerude, Zerude, uh, now revealed. Here is Zerude, just in case you haven't seen him yet. All right, looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'll read a little bit about Zerude for you. Uh, he is the rogue monkey, 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 monkey Pokemon, uh, and he has been discovered. We've confirmed the existence of the new mythical Pokemon, a dark grass type, with clever, with a clever mastery of vines. Incredible news, trainers! We can now confirm a new mythical Pokemon has been discovered. Zerude, the rogue monkey Pokemon, is a dark grass type Pokemon that cannot be found through the normal gameplay in the world of Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. This mythical Pokemon stands 5 foot 11, weighs 154 pounds, and is known to have the Leaf Guard ability. Zerude can grow vines from its back, from the back of its neck, its wrists, and the soles of its feet. These vines are strong and flexible, and they can be used for a variety of purposes. Zerude uses the vines to wrap around tree branches to move and grab berries from distant branches. The vines also have a healing property. If Zerude wraps its vines around a wound, the wound will heal. Wow. So there's more. I'm not going to go super deep into it. This is 100% an Isle of Armor thing. They're not going to wait till the Crown Tundra. The Isle of Armor has the other legendaries, the new legendary Pokemon, Cubfu, uh, that evolves into Urshifu. Um, so that's, I, that's where they're going to hit that hard because they're monkeys. So this kind of makes sense to have the bad monkey. Uh, I like grass dark type. The only problem I have with this being a grass type monkey is that's a starter. It's like evil Rillaboom. Rillaboom is a grass type monkey. And it's like, that's who I picked too. So granted, I have all three starters fully evolved and stuff. So you almost so don't I, even give a shit. So I could just abandon him and go to, like, Score Bunny. But I also have sent to Scorch, so I could go to Sobble, but I don't love Inteleon. So, like, I really like Rillaboom. And now we have a dark a dark grass mythical who's a monkey. And it's like, fuck. What I hope doesn't happen is that in the past with mythicals, they've just, like, had an event where they just give it away. It's some very limited fashion. If you don't get it, you're fucked and you just have to trade for it or get lucky. I hope they make you earn it through the story. 
Like, I know that's how legendaries are given out and stuff, but I kind of hope they do it with this mythical, too. You got to catch it and actually I hope it's, it. like, in the Dynamax den or something, and you only have a fucking month, and once you... It's gone. Like, I hope that you have to earn it, and that you don't just turn the game on, and they're like, mystery gift, here's a fucking mythical. Yeah, that would, that would suck. Because they're doing that, it sounds like, with Kubfu, the legendary in the Isle of Armor, because in the DLC trailer, it said... The guy says it. He said... Um, and Mustard trains Kubfu, and throughout the journey, he will eventually entrust you with Kubfu. And I'm like, fuck, we're going to get it for free. I want to battle it at level 70 and have a hard time catching it. Yeah. Like, that's how I like my legendary. Yeah, saving him right before Mewtwo. Eterni- the old days. Et- right. Eternatus, the big bad myth- uh, legendary of Sword and Shield, who I use on my team now, was a guaranteed catch because it was part of the story. It's like, yeah. fuck, I want it to be hard. Give me Rayquaza. Level 70 Rayquaza, who had rest, who could heal. Oh, my God. How fucking hard was that? He's Mewtwo. He was incredible. Mewtwo Mewtwo was level 70. Yeah, recover. Same shit. Like, how can you fuck with that? With Psychic? My God. with yeah, As a Psychic type in Gen 1, which was the most overpowered fucking type of Pokemon, I want hard. I want to save, not catch it, be frustrated, and have to start over again. Yeah, save it, turn it off, and come back to it later. My God. 100%. That was the fucking, they were the days. That's why I'm playing all these old ones again. Yeah. Because I have to do that stuff. He said, I'm going back, baby. And now, we have the Pokemon of the Year results. I was like... How do I do this? I was like, do I? I th- it was top ten. They gave top thirty. I, I saw. I, I peaked at the top ten, so my boy's in it, so I'm happy. Charizard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all I need. Rayquaza is there too. Sorry, guys. That's all I know. The rest you have to wait for Greg. Yeah, Rayquaza. So uh, listen, I have the top thirty from all eight regions, and I have the top thirty overall. I'm not going to be going through it. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to go through the top thirty overall. I will go through the top top ten. We'll go through the top 19 because 19 is cool. 19 is Pikachu. Eh. I love that he's 19 and not one, two, three. Put him off. Eh. Give us. I, I don't Pokemon. even need him. Like, he don't have I don't to be like, on it. I don't like Pikachu. I don't like him at all. So it's nice to have him oh, so not at top the top. Three. That's what I'm saying. No, he's not in my top three. 18, Chandelure. 17, Aegislash. 16, Rallet. 15, Lugia. 14, Toxtricity. Gen 8. Number 13, Bulbasaur. Number 12, wow. Tyranitar. of all of them? Tyranitar. Terrible. Number 12, Tyranitar. Number 11, Dragapult. Another Gen 8. Number 10, Gengar. Number yeah. 9, Guardivore. Number 8, Rayquaza. Number 7, Garchomp. Number 6, the first shocker for me, Sylveon, the fairy-type evolution from Gen 6. And Umbreon? Uh, Umbreon is number 5. Number 4, Charizard. What? Number 3, Mimikyu. Number two, Lucario. And number one, Greninja from uh, Gen 6, the water starter. My favorite wow. starter of that region. Ash has one that he fuses with. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, I get it. But the craziest thing about this was nowhere to be found in the top 30 was Mewtwo. That or is Mew. shocking. That's very shocking for me. So Too many new fans who don't know about the originals. Well, when you go through, that's, that is very untrue. There are multiple Gen 1s in the top 10 alone. But, but the when, when you go through the Kanto region and you go through the top 10 of Kanto, which was like, I get it. It's Kanto. Um, everybody's, everybody loves Kanto. Well, not everybody loves Kanto. The, the OG love Kanto. When I go through the top 30 list, there are some, first of all, shockers. You know what 30? Magnemite. Mm-hmm. 
Magnemite. Like, so, once I hear this dumb shit, it's like the list is almost dumb. 10,000 votes. But these are as voted on by fans. So this is not a dumb thing. This is people. This is me. people's thoughts. Articuno, Venusaur, Dragonair, Jolteon, Pinsir. Oh, right there you go. Raichu at 24. Psyduck at 23, Vulpix at 22. All Gen 1. There, no, this is just Gen 1. <laughs> okay, this is, okay, the, okay. this is the Kanto list. Uh, 21, Porygon. 20, Nidoking. 19, Slowpoke. 18, Ditto. 17, Charmander. 16, Muck. That's awesome. Muck is yeah, growing on me. Shit. Yeah, 15, Vaporeon. 14, Blastoise. 13, Squirtle. That's because the anime. 12, Ninetales. 11, Snorlax. 10, Lapras. 9, Arcanine. 8, Mewtwo. There you go. Even in Kanto alone, he was. Uh, at least he gets the top ten. That's crazy. He was number one for many years. Number seven, Mew. Number six, yeah, Dragonite. Number five, Eevee. They're trying to push him very hard Garus. as the mascot. Number four, Pikachu. Number three, Bulbasaur. Number two, Gengar. Number one, Charizard. Where no, was Where was Gyarados? No, Nowhere. Not on the top wow. thirty. That's ridiculous. So fans decided. Fans get your to shit vote, together. To vote Magnemite over Gyarados, which is blowing my mind. I, again, I'm not going to go through all eight gens. If you go to Pokemon2020.pokemon.com, it can sort through the top 30 of all of it. Um, you can have a blast looking through all of them yourself. So, like, have fun with that. I, I actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, but since we just did our top three Pokemon in episode 172, which was we Pokemon and we know things with Jim Nugabauer, um, Sam gave us his top 10 in there, too. So, like, we didn't think we would just want to regurgitate that list again. So, we did top three least favorite Pokemon. My number three, Vanellit. I knew it. Vanellit. He's a fucking ice cream cream. He evolves. He gets floating ice cream around the cone with a couple ice crystals. And then his final form, it's a double scoop. Get fucked. Vanellite is fucking rad. Vanellux is the the big guy, the double double Mr. Softy cone. But uh, not an ice cream. It's It's an icicle. But... Stupid. That's the that's the, the thing. It's nice Pokemon. It's definitely not. Definitely one of the best. It's, I think Vanellix Vanellix was in my top, I wanna say like 16-ish. Ugh. I love that line. All, all love, my three Greg loves. I love my that three line. hated. He loves. I love that line so much. Gen 5, they they got that one right. My now, my so. three should be so easy for you. My number three is unknown. Uh there's a lot of them. There's one for every letter in the alphabet and then two for some punctuation as well. So I think there's 28 or more and they're just so useless. I think they only know super secret hidden power. Hidden power. I yep. think is the only move they know. Yep. I don't know if that's the only move they can even learn. I think they might be able to learn TMs. TMs. I think I'm, they can. I'm, I don't remember. Um, there is the, I believe they can. Cause I think I remember when I asked you a trivia question last yeah. year. Um, you definitely asked me a trivia question, about unknown. Yeah. Um, I think it's the ruins of Alf. In Soul Silver and in Crystal, you can go in very, very early in the game and catch them. I specifically stay away. I don't want an unknown on my team. They annoy me. I know a lot of people love them. I can't stand unknown. My number two, Mimikyu. Freaking hate him. Whoa! Hey, you know why? What? You, you know I always hate a Mimikyu. I hate when you have to fight him. His neck snaps. Then you can actually hit him. Dumb as shit. In Gen Eight, they changed stupid that. ass Pikachu wannabe. In hated Gen Eight, it. in Gen Eight, they're not Pikachu wannabe. He's ugly. He's ugly. So he wears that disguise so people will love him. It's adorable. Ugh, hate it. It's uh, not for me. Uh, in Gen 8 now, in Gen 7, when you hit him, you can hit him as hard as you wanted and he would just fly. Yeah, you can hit him with fly. a one hit KO and be like, now he can hurt me. No. Uh, in Gen 8, it does damage too. So you still have to knock the disguise down to do full damage, but it does do, I think it does like 30% damage, but it still hurts, uh-huh. which is actually. Uh, Better than before. Better than nothing. Yeah, I'll take that. Mimikyu is in my top 10. 
hate him. I think he was he was on this list, number three in the Pokemon of the Year. He's loved. I, I, he, I know I know he is. Which the the is anime did a lot for that, but dude, what a, it was just a great idea because of what we don't know what's underneath that cloth. That's pretty neat. Uh, my and, and what I did this list, I have like fifteen down here, and I went through the list of Pokemon, all nine hundred plus, multiple times. And what it made me realize was that I don't hate very many Pokemon. I don't. Oh, these I'm, three came to me in a fucking snap. I'm very, very, very indifferent towards a lot. Like I don't love or hate. But when I talked about these three, man, dude, Jen, can, I, can I say one I think's on your list? Yeah, Chansey. No, I like Chansey. Mm. There are no. There are a couple of Gen ones that made my initial list, but no ended up. No, okay. no Gen ones ended up being on here. Um, I love Gen four. It's my favorite generation. And what I loved at the end of the decks, they. They stretched out the end of the Pokedex by adding new evolutions for a lot of Pokemon. Blissey to Chansey. Licky Licky, which was very close to being on my list. Smoochum just missed mine. Um, what else did they add? They added um, uh, Magmortar and uh, Electrovirus. They added a lot of these great uh, evolutions to older Pokemon. But one, man, they swung and they fucking missed with Tangrowth. Tangela's evolution is the hmm. worst he's probably my number five i Tang- never liked tangela tangela i like tangela i can't stand tangrowth it didn't need an evolution it's just a bigger tangela with more vines that has these stupid arms that come out it looks you know what it reminds me of in yu yu Hakusho in the final oh, okay. 100%. I know the exactly final season of the what, the girl who has just the eyeball showing yeah. just that's what it reminds me of like I the master i can't yeah. stand tag all right tangrowth my number one is trubbish Trubbish like and trubbish. or Garbodor. It's a trash can. I, I just it's a trash bag. Trash bag that evolves into a trash can. Nope, both just a bigger. Trash it, bag. It's just the one gets hefty. It, it's stupid <laughs> as shit. I I don't know. I, they they just miss me. I just felt like they just you had an ice cream, a trash can, an and, a, and a and a Pikachu costume. Nah, not for me. Sorry. Uh, trubbish. I like. I don't like Garbodor very much at all. Garbodor's, he looks the probably the ugliest Pokemon. Garbodor's Gigantamax is hilariously awesome, though. It gets this big toy's boat right stuck to its chest, like some kid threw it out. That shit was funny. I don't like Garbodor, though. I would actually, ho- I would actually hope that your real answer was Garbodor, not Trubbish. Trubbish can be has like so cute together, quality to them, them to them, but Garbodor is just pretty bad. Uh, my number one is like a, it's a mix. It's like two. But they like belong together, so I, I'm including them both on this list. And the Gen Five, so the same generation that introduced Vanillaite and Trubbish, um, they Gen Five was the reset of Pokemon. When Gen Five started, they said we're wiping the slate clean, black and white. You can't get any of the old Pokemon, only new ones. Here's 150, just like Gen One. We're kind of redoing the franchise. And so with that, they needed to kind of almost take what Gen 1 had and make new versions of it. So like Machop, Machamp, Machoke had uh, Girder, uh, whatever, and Conkled there. And they're the same thing, just a pure fighting type with muscles. Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee needed their counterparts for Gen 5, and that's who makes my list. Sock and Throw. Uh, Never even heard of you, them. You've oh caught them both. God. You've caught them both when you played Sun and Moon. They're <laughs> terrible. They're the pure fighting type. Yeah, I don't remember the, Pokemon called Sock. They're the like Sock, like you sock somebody in the face. Oh. Sock and oh. throw. It's Sock. It's S A W K. But uh, when I run into them into the wild, yeah, it pisses does. me off. And they're in Sword and Shield, which pisses me off. And I get it. James Turner, he was the designer of Gen Five. 
he was the art director on these games. So of course there was a lot of Gen 5 in Sword and Shield. But Sock and Throw, they're the pure fighting types. One's red and short and fat, and one's blue and tall and skinny, and they wear karate geese that are like attached think, to their I body. Think, I think I remember. Like you, they, they didn't even leave an imprint, so they didn't mean nothing to me. Here's Sock. Yeah, I, no, I, I remember them, but they just they never did none for me. It's there's throw, but I I didn't I went inside and I can't hate them. They know, they they so annoy me when I run into them in the wild that I would rather run into Zubat. I, th- I was I saw a lot of people have Zubat on their list. Zubat was the first one I wrote. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. Care. You know, I love Golbat. That's why I don't think I could do it. Like if they had I love a, Crobat. If they had an evolution on here that I like loved, I was like fuck. Like Licky Licky, I like Lickitung, so I I couldn't do my boy Licky Licky like that. Like uh, Lucario, he's, I can't. Say yeah, that. I, don't, I just don't care for him. Sudowoodo was on my list for a little bit. He's on my team right now in in Soul Silver, um, but I hate him from Pokemon Go because he was in every fucking ten k egg. I walk all this distance just to get Sudowoodo, who by the way doesn't evolve. I had three hundred Sudowoodo candy. Go fuck yourself. And they Sudowoodo. wasted. Dynamax, Mewtwo, and Kanto starters are available now in Sword and Shield with a twist. If you want, which I'm going to do after we're done recording, is I'm going to go catch them because they're not natively available in these games. You can only get them right now through the Dynamax. So I want to go get each of the Kanto starters, which will be fine. I'll be excited for there. But Mewtwo, can't catch them. That's good. I like that. Can't catch them. You can only encounter them as Dynamax, but because he's so powerful, even if you defeat him, he finds the will to break through. You get some awesome rewards. You get like triple the amount of yeah, rewards. And you get too. really rare shit when you beat a Mewtwo, but you can't catch him. I actually think that's a pretty cool twist. But you can catch the Kanto starters. Well, that's good at least. Even though with the Master Ball, you still can't catch Mewtwo. But pissed. A new Streets of Rage 4 character has been unveiled. Floyd Iraria? Araria? I don't know. But he's the heavy. So if you remember Streets of Rage 2, there was Max. He was the wrestler. Big. Hulking big guy, dude. Yeah. Uh, this will be that guy. A.K.A. Jax from Mortal Kombat. He's he's a big buff dude with two cybernetic arms. If you can't get more, you can't get more Jax yeah, that's, than this yeah. guy. Um, super psyched on the trailer. I'm still going to go with Cherry, the, the chick who plays guitar and beats the shit out of people with the guitar. Uh, but it, there was a new announcement made for a brand new multiplayer mode. For this game. It's been done a million times before, but never in a Streets of Rage. Four-player co-op. That's awesome. About damn time. Excuse me. Resident Evil 3 is getting a demo eh, sometime soon. That's all I can really tell you. There yeah. wasn't a date or anything. There's not anything additional to add to this news. Um, there has been previews released, so you can actually go see footage of RE3. Nemesis, apparently, from what people are saying, he's vicious. he makes Mr. X look like a baby. Yeah. So... I shit my pants when Mr. X came on the screen for the Resident Evil 2 remake. I can only imagine how fucking scary this Resident Evil 3 remake is going to be. The wonderful 101 remastered is dropping on May 19th. Your birthday? Murphy. Murphy's birthday, sorry. For PS4, Switch, and PC. We talked about the wonderful 101 remastered Kickstarter. 17th. God damn it. I always get... Sorry, all our friends are all two days of Pino's fucking... the 19th, not Murphy's. The 19th. Murphy's the 21st. And um, sticks is the 23rd. I think Knowles is the 29th. Like, dude, that's how weird. Everyone's two days apart. Okay. And my, we digress. And my sister-in-law is the 15th. Jesus so, Christ. A lot, of, a lot of mid-May birthdays there. We talked about the Wonderful 101 remastered Kickstarter a couple weeks ago on this show. Reached over a million dollars, which was insane. Platinum Games self-publishing it. Uh, this just had a Kickstarter in February. And it's already coming in May. 
which is it's actually coming in April to those who backed it on Kickstarter. It's coming in May to the general public, which tells me that the game was done. Again, it's a remaster of the Wii U game, uh, which was exclusive to Wii U at the time. So nice that PS4 is going to be able to get it. PC is going to be able to get it. Not Xbox One at this time. But uh, this game was done and they just needed that money to get pushed across the finish line for advertising, for publishing, um, for potential packaging and shipping. So I'm glad that it hit the Kickstarter as fast as it did. Matter of fact, I think today is the last day of Kickstarter. Technically, it's still live. But we're going to get this game quick. And that's it's one of the games I'm really looking forward to this year. I just don't know if I'm going to buy it at 60 I have a real trepidation about buying this game at $60 when I know I'm not going to like love it. I'm almost just hoping for like a $30 sale and I'll pick it up one day. But looking forward to it. Platinum Games announces Project GG. Yeah, Project GG. Um... Think about it this way. They teased it with a trailer, too. There's no official name yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they just call it Project GG, but they probably won't. Um, It's Platinum Games who does the Wonderful 101. The director for Platinum Games said, I'm doing a superhero trilogy. The Wonderful 101. I can't remember the second one. And then this game. This game has been unannounced, unshown until now. Think Ultraman meets Godzilla. That big kaiju hero that can stretch to the size of a building okay versus those big kaiju beasts in the middle of the streets fucking knocking down buildings the trailer was cool it was a puppy dog it was a big kaiju comes into the city starts fucking knocking everything down there's this little puppy dog and it's like looking for its owner and the building's about to fall on the puppy and you're like no puppy no and then it gets john mx the puppy does not the superhero does thank god the superhero comes through bam puts his arm up grows not keeps the building out of the way of the puppy save these the humanitarian we needed kind of like that ultraman vibe uh and then they go head to head and battle in the city and like that's like rampage mixed with this old like wrestling beat em up thing from when i was a kid mixed with godzilla and like those are things i love i'm super here for that i just again hope it's not a 60 dollars game because that's just too much that's too much money. games are too fucking expensive 30 too much for that game <laughs> damn dude you're a fucking hater i'm not hating i'm just a stickler now dance gavin dance as we move into the music section released a new single called prisoner they also said that their new record afterburner will drop april 24th that's on our uh, we podcast we know things facebook page if you want to get the skinny on that you can go check out our facebook page but uh prisoner is out we both gave it a couple listens and what do you think i thought it was pretty good I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I hated it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite song, but I just I like, hated it. okay. I mean, like, like I think we said before, this could be a song that I actually could skip on the record. Yeah. And I usually don't skip. I just feel like Dance Gavin Dance is better DGD than songs. I love, I think that Dance Gavin Dance is like, Mothership is probably still my favorite record that they put out. And then Artificial Selection just was a five for me. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Either. And they continue to just kind of... Their singles are generally badass that they put out. The one-off singles that are not a part of records. Summertime Gladness, Headhunter, um, even Blood Wolf, which we talked about before the show. Prisoner is going to be a part of Afterburner. And I'm not excited about this song. This is by far, to me, the worst single that Dance Gavin Dance has had since I started listening to them in 2013. Uh, it's disappointing for me. I, I and and me, I, like first time listens for like anyone. Usually, I I I, I got to listen to it for a few times. Shit, I used to hate Dave Math Dave Matthews, but I freaking hated. Then I got beat into me, and now I freaking love him. So what the hell do I know? Uh, uh, you know, we were on the way up the mountains this past weekend when the song came out, and uh, Ash was uh, Helena was sleeping in the back, and I said, Ashley, I'm sorry, Dance Gavin Dance dropped a new song. I have to just put it on. I have to listen to this. Put it on. 
halfway through, I was like, you know what? I'll do this on my own time. It's not yeah, good. It's, it's so not I, worth it. So I listened to it with headphones. My big test is the headphone test. If it passes the headphone test, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't good. And, and I it did not. It, and then I listened to it at work. It went over three. And then I was like, no. So not happy about it. Maybe it'll grow on me, but I can see my, myself skipping this track when Afterburner comes out. That doesn't make me any less hype for the record. It's one of, what, 13 tracks? So I'm not, like, super disappointed about it. Um, I have faith that this record's still going to wail. I just... I, Mothership was an almost an unskippable record. Yep, I, I agree, 100%. So I'm, I'm hoping to get back to that. Uh, Beta Camp, our friends from Beta Camp, our second ever interview. The first time Sam didn't make an episode of the podcast... It was Beta Camp? It was one of... Uh, Beta Camp was our second interview. I told the dudes, I said, I'm so sorry for the audio quality of that interview. It was when we just got the new Mac from Ryan Simmons. It was oh, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. we ever used it. So I was doing Audacity instead of uh, GarageBand for the first time. Because remember, we used to record in GarageBand like a bunch of yeah. like a couple of chuckleheads. And so I'm using this Audacity program that I was only familiar with on PC, not Mac. It has a, it's got slight differences. So when we, I, I'll never forget, I tried everything I could to fix it in post. I come on like this. Well, hello, everybody, and well, it is so loud. Wow. Oh, it's the worst. And then, like, I was really rough with their audio quality. That was years ago. I, was, uh, I think it was, like, August 2000. Feels like forever. 2017, so almost three years ago. So I hit the guys up. I said, hey, guys, congratulations on Blend In, their first single that's not a Christmas song since Violent Honey came out, which is why we interviewed them three years ago. So a long time in between singles for them. And I said, guys, this single rips. Um, you know, so just talking to them about, you know, coming back on the show, saying hi again, just popping in or whatever. So just having some casual conversation with those dudes. But it's on our Instagram story now. So if you are listening to this as soon as it drops on Friday morning, you can then get the uh, go to our Instagram story and check it out. Uh, there's a link to their Spotify in our Instagram story. But go check it out. Blend in from Beta Camp. Love the record, or I'm sorry, love the track, love the band. Very, very, very happy to have them back. And oh, by the way, when I'm up the mountains this weekend, not only do the Flyers beat the Jets, not only do the Phillies start their spring training, not only does Dance, Dance Gavin Dance drop a new single, but there's this really cryptic Facebook thing and Instagram post from Armor for Sleep, who I've loved for 18 years. He used to have their shirt on his wall. Like, multiple. I, can, I, can, I can vouch Multiple. For it. Plus, I just saw them a couple years ago when they came back and did a reunion tour, and I was like, holy shit, we're getting a new Armor for Sleep song or a new record or something. And I'm, go- I'm geeking out. I was on this long hike in the woods of the Poconos when it dropped, so I didn't watch it. If I would have watched it all the way through, I would have seen at the end they just put a 15 up. I would have been disappointed at that time. It's just a 15-year anniversary tour for What to Do When You're Dead. Which is their best record, and what you know, Car Underwater, and, and some unbelievable bangers on that record. It's the song I got into my first car accident to. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, Bring I'll never back forget. Memories. It's made the CD skip. There Track you go. seven, forever burned in my memory that I got into a pretty bad car accident with that song playing. Um, you know, so uh, I'm psyched on it. They're coming to the TLA in Philadelphia. I'm psyched on it. I reached out to the band to do an interview and to get you know do a show review, try to grab some tickets or whatever. Um, so working on that, but I just saw them a couple years ago, play pretty much the entire record of, of what to do when you were dead. So I'm not like chomping at the bit for this. This isn't going to be like hidden in plain view crying. Uh, I probably won't do that, but I'm psyched that Arm for Sleeves back at least for this. I hope that this tour propels them to make new music because we need new Arm for Sleep. They're so fucking good. 
Armored Sleep so good. They were my pick of the week a couple months ago because I randomly put them on. Yeah, it was a band I never, I never actually listened to. So I, I, I don't know one song. They rip. It was right after I moved into this. I mean, house. life rips, but what's Chris, up, Crystal Lee? Sorry, you I don't, don't get it. I don't, I don't like. I don't know. Comedian. All right, so I know who Crystal Lee is. Then you would know life rips. But I don't watch him. Uh, all right, we move into our last two stories of the night before Sam CGC Spotlight, uh, and it is Project Luminous. Couldn't find a spot for this because we thought it might have been a movie. Thought it could have been a TV yeah. show. It's neither. Project Luminous, the big Star Wars project, is now Star Wars The High Republic. I watched Charlie's thing on it. I watched the trailer and Charlie's thing on it. And I was just like, all right. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't woo me like Mandalorian did, or I didn't get really like hyped for well, it. It's I was not. Like, it's not a piece of watchable media. It's comics and books. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, for me, for it. this, for me, for this, I'm looking towards the future, for the inevitable movies, for yeah. the inevitable shows. Yeah. The High Republic has a lot of. This is like 200 years before Episode One. That's where this is set. So no Skywalkers. See, none of that shit. Why are we keep going back? Go fucking forward. Well, well I think because of uh, all the destruction that happens. Well, I'm definitely hard out no, on no, it. Think about it. Think about it. If you go forward, there is no resistance. There is the no next. Je- the next bad no, guy. There, Start like there, DBZ. There are How are no, they going to top the next bad guy? They find a way. There are no Jedi, so they go backwards uh, when there are Jedi. Just, I think that makes sense. Uh, I'm just. I don't know. Always forward. I listen to Luke Cage, motherfuckers. I, I just. I like. I want to know more about the Jedi, so I'm excited that they're going back to do this. Would you and Sean um, could sit together and read it? I won't read this shit. <laughs> My biggest gripe of episode nine was that they told half the fucking movie because of the comics. I don't read the shit. It's like Pokemon shit. I don't read it. I don't care. If it ain't on my TV, I ain't going to fucking watch it. So uh, I'm not going to, to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So like indulge. So this is not exciting for me in yeah, any it- realm. But at the same time, the fact that we're at least moving forward by going backward is cool. I like the Jedi. I like that they're going to be like this Wild West thing. I'm such a Wild West guy. So that is exciting to me. Let's take what everyone loves about Mandalorian. Nah. It's hard pass for me. Come on. Have a fucking open mind. Just have an open mind. Here's my open mind. I'm not down. There's my opinion. Like you like, I like it. I don't like it. I don't like this. My opinion. End discussion. I'll get it at the end from Sean later. But why? It's I don't I don't want to keep going back forward. I want to or go back. I want to go forward. I want some new stories. I want to see what happens after this. Let him let's see this peaceful life, and then let me see you build up the next big bad guy. I don't want to go back two hundred years before any of this shit even happened, because it means nothing. They're dead. It means nothing. Ah, just me, just being speaking how I feel. So there's no Jedi in your world, because that's what the Jedi's dead in the new ones. I think that's why they don't move forward. Because well, Ray, well, Ray is a technically she Skywalker. But if you're going forward, then she would presumably be dead. If you're going way past Good. that. Okay, good. So, so Keep I guess going in, forward. in your world, no Jedi is what I'm saying. That's fine. So what, you, need, you need a Jedi in who's Star a, Wars? Who's a good guy? I'm, I'm happy with Mandalorian. It's my favorite thing from Star Wars ever. No Jedis. There is definitely a mention of Jedi. No, there is a, a mention, but they're like, what's a Jedi? Well, they have a giant war. With I'm just Jedi. saying. But Mandalorian re-intrigued my interest of Star Wars. That has nothing to do with the past of Star Wars. Or This is something completely new, different. I like the only thing that gives me pause is they're going to tell a lot of these stories in comics, a lot of these stories in books, and like Sean will read them on his podcast. No, I mean that, that, that's, that's that, cool. Hey, if you guys like but reading like, that stuff, like that, that's great. That doesn't intrigue it, me. And again, remember, I'm not a diehard Star Wars fan. I am right. very casual, v- barely even casual. Right. Like I didn't see the the Star Wars films till I was like 23. Right. So I waited a sh- fucking long time. And and it's just for me, it's like. 
I, again, I'm only looking at this as the inevitable movies and TV shows that come out of it. I like, I think, see, it's just me. I just think the Jedi have more stories to tell. And the reason I didn't like Rogue One is it, is it, it told the story. It bridged the gap between three and four, but the gap that I didn't need there to be bridged. As long as this shit, this High Republic era, this 200 years, doesn't span 200 years. And the last movie goes and leads right to the Phantom Menace and you see Anakin get born. I don't want that. I want the new villains. I want the big bad to not be a Darth Vader or a Darth Maul or any of that. I want there to be zero mention, mention of a Skywalker. I don't want anything to do with it. But if you're telling me that I can see the origin of the Jedi and how that came to pass, that's intriguing. Will it get stale? Probably. Do I eventually want to move forward? Yes. But I think for now, for the next five years, I think I think the Jedi have more story to tell. Because all we know about the Jedi, in at least our main series shit, is Luke Skywalker's story, Rey's story, the Jedi Fallen Order video game. Which I don't even know that. Right. And and what else? Like, you don't really know much else. And I guess Anakin from the prequels. So, like, there's not much Jedi. There's Skywalker. And I think, like, there's more to the word Jedi than just Skywalker. So I'm psyched on that. Like, who's got the powers? How did it stop? Who killed them off? How did that? I would, I almost kind of, if there's no Skywalker mention, I'd like to see that Mandalorian war. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that, a, that would be cool. I mean, I'd rather I'm a fan see, of like, the Mandalorian. Yoda grown up like a hundred years from now. Everyone else is dead. The you did already. His dead. name was Yoda. Yeah, like, but you've seen that. But we saw that in shitty ass. Like we didn't get oh, to the see. the puppet's great. We the, didn't get to see what he could actually do. Like we didn't. You didn't see Darth Vader until the last ten minutes of Rogue One. You until then, Vader was nothing. He was a joke. When you actually saw him mow down people, that's the Vader I want. I don't want to go back and see him half ass fight fucking. 98-year-old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Come on. Go back and rewatch that. It's a joke. Come on, guys. Damn, dude. Get off your soapboxes. Come on. Be real, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm just being honest. I rewatched it, and, and hey, I understand nostalgia back then. That's all you guys had. Them people well, in that age, guy. I can only, no, you, you claim the nostalgia just like the rest of us. Truth. But I didn't grow up with that. You're I grew right. up with You're this right. technology. You're that right. When I look back at that, it's like, ugh. Just, I don't know. I can appreciate that stuff. Like, do you I, like the movie Jaws? I can appreciate it. Yeah, do you like I like Jaws? Jaws. Jaws came out what a year before Star Wars. But I like Jaws more than I like Star Wars. But you, that time period, you and I was a kid. It, it, it brought me the fear of sharks of but that damn movie. But that movie came out within a year, two, three years of Star Wars. So it's not like you don't like movies of that era. That had better scenes, action scenes than that Star Wars did. Well, no shit. Jaws is a better movie okay. than Star Wars. Okay. Jaws is one of the best movies ever made. I, I'm not arguing with you. But, but you compared it to it. I just said I love Jaws. Then I didn't compare them, but you said I don't look back at those movies finally because of the seat or because. But of the, I still look back at stuff. Jaws. And I'm still like, damn, that looks pretty fucking good. You're right. Damn, Steven Spielberg is good. But if you could put yourself in you that 1974, 77 mindset for Jaws, said, right? If you can do that for Jaws, but that's it's Jaws. How can you not? Jaws looks to me more real than what Star Wars did. But put your let me finish. Put yourself in 1977, and this is also coming from the same. I like Star Wars just as much, if not less, than you do. So it's not like I'm trying to de- defend it. But if you put yourself in that mindset of 1970, okay. whatever, okay, how can you not at least appreciate? The I, I never said. I never said. Craig, you didn't costume work. Well, you didn't stuff. hear me just say the fight. for the people that time. No, in that's just that fight in that time period that grew up. That was revolutionary at that time. 
I didn't grow up in that time. I grew up in this time. I got spoiled by the technology that we have today. Mm -hmm. If I was back then, yeah, I would hold that movie in such high regard. But I don't. I'm born here. But you do Jaws. So you can, you have the ability to just, look back it, on those, Jaws, that era fun. Jaws just left more an impact on me as a kid than Star Wars did. As a kid, when the gallons were all watching Pat, Jim, they had all the Star Wars. I watched it and I didn't like it. It wasn't for I, me. I agree. I fell asleep to multiple me, times. Jaws had my attention. It brought, I was fucking scared. I was afraid to go in the ocean after that. I was that. fascinated with sharks growing up. Jaws has always been one of my top. So when you, to me, you compare the two. It's like, I, I, I love Jaws I never a for a second compared them. I'm comparing the era. But I, I thought I explained myself pretty well. But. I I at least have hope that these things will turn into something watchable. Because at this moment, seven is decent, eight sucked, nine blue chunks, the prequels suck. There's not much to hang your hat on. There's not. I mean, the prequels, I I, get, I have Ewan McGregor. That's who I have. Right. And we should Darth have, Maul, we should have goddamn, what's his name, who got killed off in the first one? Qui-Gon Jinn? Right. Liam? Is that Liam? Liam Should still have Liam, damn it. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Project Luminous. um, Again, this is it. It divided the Star Wars fan base from what I saw on Twitter. Then you see the obvious, the Star Wars fans that are psyched on it, which is great. I I tweeted out the morning after it came out. I was asleep by the time that news dropped. But like seeing all the positivity out of the Star Wars fan base, which is toxic as fuck. That fan base is pretty goddamn rancid. To have a lot of them, from what I saw in my timeline at least, celebrating it was nice no. to see. No, but hey, if that's what you guys love, I will never put some, what you guys say you love to see. That's great. I'm glad you do it. I will just sidestep it and let you enjoy your thing. Bob Iger steps down as the CEO of Disney, which this came out of nowhere. Yeah. It's effective immediately. Bob Chappick, who was the former chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products, will take over, uh, like, this dropped on Wednesday, just like, here you go. Yeah, I think, I think Iger said... The next like twenty three months, he's going to be training him to, to know you know more of the company. To quote Iger, with the successful launch of Disney's direct to consumer businesses and the integration of twenty first century Fox well underway, I believe this is the optimal time to transition to a new CEO. I have the utmost confidence in Bob and look forward to working closely with him over the next twenty two months as he assumes the new role and delves deeper into Disney's man, uh, multifaceted global businesses and operations. While I continue to focus on the company's creative endeavor. So he's not leaving the company. He's not retiring. He's just stepping down as CEO as uh, somebody takes his place. Does this change anything? No, not at all. He's going to focus on the movies and shit. Ain't nothing changing. If anything, it's a great thing. That's, That's why he did it. Does this change the Disney? Does Disney change? Does Disney get a little bit more grown up? Does Disney stop at the live action bullshit? Does, I, I wouldn't does, say they get more grown up. I forget what they banned. I think it was a TV show that they took off Disney plus because it wasn't family friendly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, John, or something. It's, like It was that. something like that. And I was just like, Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, meanwhile, if you go watch no, episode three, no, the best prequels. tweet ever was Anakin, kills. Anakin killed kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's a tweet of the day. Episode three. He literally murders yep. children. Now you don't see it. But he shoots that you lightsaber. You see the bodies. You, he shoots the lightsaber open, and then one kid goes <laughs> and like shrieks, and then it's presumed that he just. Well, then you. Don't, the I thought they pan, and you see the bodies on the floor. I don't. I don't. I don't I remember. Think. Yeah, the times I've watched episode three, I can count on one finger. So, one. I don't, <laughs> I don't. And I don't even know if I can raise it all the way. Uh, yeah. So that's it for the stories for the evening. We got through them in an hour and forty. Sam, what do you got for the CGC spotlight? Pretty big book, in my opinion. One of my favorites. One of my favorite characters. This is showcase number 60. 
the first Silver Age appearance of the Spectre, Jim Corden and Osmosis, Origin of Spectre in text. This is actually a CGC Universal pedigree. So a pedigree is... A the label looks different. It, it, and it's, it's, it's brand new. I think it only came out maybe a, a month or two ago about that, that color. I like that they kind of... It's, it's different. It stands out from the blue or the yellow signature series or the purple restored. Uh, a pedigree is like usually that from an original owner that bought it off the racks that had it since the beginning, original owner. Pedigrees are more pricey. Originally, when I bought this book, so basically, this book didn't travel around. Yeah, you so got we, it from the guy, from the I guess the original owner who had it, or I think uh, CGC picked up and had a bunch of books from. It's from Twin Cities. It they had a bunch of copies, beautiful books. It was originally a nine two. I took a chance, cracked it, got a press, and it came back a nine four. Stayed its white pages, which I'm super happy about. It's nine four white pages. It's a Gardner Fox story, Murphy Anderson cover and art. Now, hold on. It costs you money to go send these things off to get shelled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you crack it, you're taking a chance. So I, I sent it. So for for me, for CGC to keep that and know that that's a Twin Cities pedigree, I had to send that. Like this old, when it was an old label, I sent the whole thing to CGC. So before it was not a pedigree. No, it was a pedigree, but it was a 9-2 in, right. in a different label. It was their old, old label. Right. So to do that costs you money yeah. to do that, right? For cracking, pressing. So you're taking a risk. Oh, God, yeah. Of it not coming back. It could come back the same grade. It could come back lower, which I've had happen before, where I go in. I sent a book one time. I think it was a 9-6, came back a 9-2. I almost fell over. Because that you just lost the Oh, I lost money. money. Oh, my God. I so, basically threw the book out. So without getting into pricing, mm-hmm. without giving specifics, did the jump from 9-2 to 9-4. Big jump. And this label, it, that oh, presumably gotcha. cost more than okay. you sending it away. Yeah, it's so, all, it was, so, so it was worth it. For 100, 110%. So I definitely, I did I did well on this. Okay, I'll, I'll just put it like that. Good. So there's only five nine eights on the census, 19 nine sixes, 23 nine fours, and 30 nine twos. So not many graded. But there's, the only thing about, I follow this um, CGC analytics you can do stuff like that where they can keep track of stuff. I know CGC now starting to um, categorize like newsstand editions. But pedigrees, it doesn't have its own thing. It doesn't have like its own, okay, there's four pedigrees here too. So out of all of them, I don't know how many pedigrees. I think there might be three or four that I know of because I, I saw them on recent sale. But the last 9-4 blue label sold for 1050 The last 9-4 pedigree sold for 1400 mm-hmm. So you get a little 350 difference just from having the pedigree. I think this is a huge key. I, I absolutely love the Spectre. Well, only one story. It's called The War That Shook the Universe. James Corgan has been working as the as a detective for the last 20 years, but he hasn't been able to feel the presence of the Spectre until the fateful day where they do a seance, some dark energy is released, osmosis comes out, and bam, Spectre is back. It's a Silver Age key. came out January, February 1966. I can't recommend this book enough. If, if you like the Spectre, if you, there's a DC, I forget what animated movie it attached with, but it was like a five, eight minutes short of the Spectre. Short and sweet. I thought it was great. If you watch Crisis on Infinite Earths, you, you do see Spectre. I, mean, I don't want to give too much away, but I wish I did this costume a little bit better. But 9-4, Twin Cities pedigree, my CGC spotlight. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us for episode 175. We'll, uh, we'll have episode 176 next week. It'll be a normal episode. We're then going to have uh, on – that'll be dropping on March 6th. Then on March 9th, we're going to have our interview with Bearings. And then three straight weeks 
of Friday episode, Monday interview, three straight weeks. Basically, all of March is going to be bonus episode central. So excited to bring you that, starting with bearings, then a will away, uh, finally with local nomad. Hell, you never know what the fuck happens with my crazy ass and the other interviews are going to be scheduled. We have some really cool talks with other people going in the pipeline for interviews down the road, April, May, June. So looks like we're going to have interviews going throughout the summer. So super excited on that. Uh, that was episode 175. We will see you next week for episode 176. Jake, take it from here.